0: Hey there, and welcome to the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Saturday, June 12th of 2021. This is where I take 5 to 10 minutes every single day and have half for the last 112 days in a row, and I practice my podcasting. Yep, just talking to a microphone. I'm your host, Rich Grimshaw, trying to be suave and confident on the microphone. How am I doing? You can find out more about this at dailypodcastpractice.com. Today is Independence Day for the Philippines. Yay! Go Go Philippines! They declared independence from Spanish rule, June 12th of 1898. That's uh, more than 120 years ago, 122 years ago, wow, I didn't realize they were independent for that long. Strong human trait, isn't it? Uh, to be independent, we uh, we want to be in charge of our own destiny, we want to be the captain of our own ship, right? And uh it seems like there's always somebody else or some other group of people that want, want to take that autonomy away from us. And I think that's human history right there in a nutshell. You got something, I want it. I'm gonna fight you or kill you or take over. And this is not just a human trait, by the way. It's also in primates. So methinks it comes with the territory. Maybe when the aliens come, they can show us a better, more enlightened way. Or maybe they'll just take over and us and take our independence away from us. Who knows? Hey, I want to tell you about a YouTube channel with a remarkable story, Uh, and I just learned about this maybe two days ago. Uh, I learned about it on the Chad and Steve Have a Podcast podcast. They interviewed a fellow named Rob Kenny, and he has a YouTube channel, Dad, How Do I? He's a dad, a dad of two grown daughters, so that puts him probably in his 50s or so, and 14 months ago, I think it was April of uh, the year of the pandemic, 2020, he posted his first video, just a video that he recorded with his iPhone. And in fact, he's still recording with his iPhone and editing on his iPhone. And it was a very simple video about how to tie a a necktie. And that's it. That's all. And, And now, 14 months later, and after publishing a new episode every week, he's got, are you ready for this? More than 3.4 million subscribers. That's phenomenal. Phenomenal. And he's just doing dad stuff. Of course, he has the personality for it, too. He uh, he, he has a very uh, confident delivery, a very caring delivery, and that's another big part of his channel. He's trying to create a safe place where people can come and admit that they don't know how to tie a necktie or check their air pressure or... Uh, fix a clogged toilet or anything like that. And he just kind of explains it matter-of-factly and delivers a good dose of human advice and a little bit of religion, proselytizing. um, But very little. He's just a really good guy. And if you read the comments for his videos, now YouTube is a place that's known for really horrible, biting, backstabbing comments. Not on his channel. Let me just read you some of the comments this is from his first video how to tie a tie which now has 1.3 million views so one guy says my father was killed in a car accident the month before i turned six and now i'm in my 40s this channel has really touched my heart another comment i'm turning 20 next week my father abandoned me when i was little and now uh And I now discovering this channel made me cry out loud. Uh, Another comment. I'm a 20-year-old guy who never had anyone teach me how to tie a tie. But now I know this guy. Here's another. Dad died when I was 13. Never learned how to tie a tie or do a lot. Uh, Love your channel. Uh, I watch it in Korea. You make me cry. Father makes the world as one. Another. Dad left when I was was 5 and I haven't seen him since. And I'm 21. I don't know how to tie a knot, but now I do. Another one. My parents divorced when I was 15. I had to figure out how to tie a tie on my own. Uh, It just goes on and on and on. There is apparently just a a really strong need for people to have fathers, parents. And this guy just, he found it. Uh, Not that he was looking for fame. He thought you know he would help 30 or 40 people maybe and that would be it and he'd he'd get some chuckles out of it. But no, his life has just changed entirely in 14 months. Here's the comment I like the best. It's official, you are now the internet dad that the world needs. (laughs) That phrase "internet dad" comes up a lot in the uh, in the podcast uh, that I thought, and it's a name that people gave to him. He didn't seek it out. He doesn't use it, uh, other than to say, "Yeah, people people call me by that." But he's he's the right guy for it, and he's doing something good, and YouTube is doing something good with this, and. And that is remarkable, and so that's why I wanted to bring it out on this podcast, okay? Because it's good news. Speaking of good news, I got a letter, mail the other day, from GI North, uh, Gastrointestinal North. It's a doctor. And it says, the biopsy taken during your recent colonoscopy came back benign. That's good news. Your physician has reviewed the pathology results and recommends that you follow up with him in our office in 10 years put it on your calendar. We'll be in touch. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Always good to get those good letters about those kinds of procedures, and it's good to know that I don't have to go through the prep for a colonoscopy for another 10 years. The colonoscopy itself is not a problem. I mean, you're anesthetized. You're out, and and that's quick, and and there's no pain, and you get up from it. There's no side effects afterward except trying to get over the anesthesia, but the 24 hours before (laughs) where you can't eat anything, and you got to drink that horrible liquid. It's just not fun. But don't let that put you off. If you're over 50, you need to be thinking about going to get your colonoscopy. Let's go over to energy.gov and read about the top 10 things you didn't know about wind power. But apparently we soon will. Here we go. Top 10 things you didn't know about wind power. Posted October 8th of 2020. Number 10 Human civilizations have harnessed wind power for thousands of years. Early forms of windmills used wind to crush grain or pump water. Now, modern wind turbines use the wind to create electricity. And there's a link to learn how wind turbines works. I'll follow that later. Number 9 Today's wind turbines are much more complicated machines than a traditional prairie windmill. A wind turbine, a wind turbine has as many as 8,000 different components. It's almost as many as in a house. No house has 50,000 components. That's nowhere near. It. Excuse me. Number eight, wind turbines are big. The blades average 190 feet long, two-thirds of a football field, and the towers average 295 feet, about the length of a football field, about the height of the Statue of Liberty. Number seven, higher winds higher wind speeds mean more electricity and wind turbines are getting taller to reach higher heights above the ground level where it's even windier. The Energy Department has a wind resource map. I've seen that. And that's all. Number six, most of the components of wind turbines installed in the United States are manufactured right here domestically. There are more than 500 wind-related manufacturing facilities located across 43 states. And the U.S. wind industry currently employs more than 114,000 people. That's, that's a big piece of the economy. Good for you. Number five, offshore wind represents a major opportunity to to provide power to highly populated coastal cities like New Jersey, New York, the Carolinas, etc., up around Boston. And the nation's first offshore wind farm was installed off the coast of Rhode Island in 2016. Number four, with North Carolina's first utility scale wind farm coming online in early 2017, there is now utility scale wind power installed in 41 states. There is distributed wind installed in all 50 states plus Puerto Rico, Guam, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Number three, the United States' wind power capacity was 106 megawatts at the end of 2019, making it the largest renewable energy resource in the United States. That's enough electricity to offset the consumption of 29.5 million average American homes. Number two, wind energy is affordable. Wind prices for power contracts signed in... What is this saying? This is a very confusing sentence. I'll go to the chase. It costs about two to four cents per kilowatt hour to to buy power. Is that what it goes to the consumer for? I don't know. And number one, the top 10 of the items that you didn't know, but you do now. Wind energy provides more than 10% of total electricity generated in 14 states. And here we go, more than 30% in Kansas, Iowa, and Oklahoma, the plain states where, yeah, they got a lot of wind. I know they generate a lot of wind out in California. That's the first time I ever saw a wind farm was driving up out of San Francisco, driving east over the mountains, going to uh, Yosemite. And you pass through some big wind farms. I'm curious to know what kind of regulations they have out in the oceans. I mean, how do you keep ships from from running into them? Or, I don't know, does it affect fishermen, pleasure craft? There's got to be a downside to this. There just has to be. Nothing in life is free. Uh, So I think I'll look into the environmental hazards of uh, offshore wind next. You can look forward to that in our next episode, perhaps, which will be here tomorrow. That'll do it for today. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.